1: apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcast take good care and we'll see you there every week on talk easy with sam fragoso i invite an artist writer or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before so my favorites are with tom hanks Questlove, and Kate blanchett in recent weeks i had talked to actor dan levy director ava duvernay and the editor of the new yorker david remnick You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: It's been another busy news week, and we like to review the major stories of the week here on the Black Information Network. Today, we are joined by Black Information Network news anchors, Mike Island and Nicole Deal to discuss this week's major stories. This is the Black Information Network daily podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. All right, Nicole and Mike, welcome back to the show. How you doing?
3: Hey, thanks for having us back.
2: We okay. must be doing something right, Mike. He keeps saying. Yeah, no. So yeah. The dynamic duo is back. In- indeed, <laughs> indeed. And we got a lot to get to. So let's watch you work. OK, so first up, newly released text messages by former TV host Tucker Carlson revealed not only disturbing racist comments, but also insight into the reasons why he was fired by Fox News. Nicole, tell us more about this story. And then, Mike, uh, I'd love to hear from you as well.
4: Let me just lay out some of the. Facts here. Uh, This situation with Tucker Carlson, um, who is white, by the way, for anyone who does not know, Mm -hmm. uh, this text message that he sent, in my opinion, is just one of the many political aftershocks uh, that we are experiencing in this nation, uh, frankly, as a result of Donald Trump's presidency. Um, Mm -hmm. And I say that because of the timing of when the message was sent. Um, we all know what happened at our nation's capital in January of 2021. Pro-Trump rally turned violent. Five people died. Uh, Carlson was fired because of a text message he sent to one of his producers just a few hours after the January 6th Capitol riot. Mm-hmm. To be clear about it, it it, um, it it was not about the riots, but it was sent just hours afterward. And um, here's here's what it said. And I want to quote this. A couple of weeks ago, I was watching video of people fighting on the street in Washington. A group of Trump guys surrounded an Antifa kid and started pounding the living expletive out of him. It was three against one at least. Jumping a guy like that is dishonorable, obviously. It's not how white men fight. Yet, suddenly, I found myself rooting for the mob against the man Hoping they would hit him harder, kill him. I really wanted them to hurt the kid. I could taste it. Oh man, that's a mouthful. Um, just let that dissolve in your mouth for a moment. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said he could taste it. Um, wow, that's sickening to me. Tucker Carlson has, has been with Fox News since 2016. This is the person that millions of Americans get their news from. And that text message is so bold and riveting. I mean, and and just think about this for a moment. If if you are someone who's having these types of dark thoughts, you could share those with a spouse, with a brother, with a sister, with a parent, with your best friend. Um, But instead, as a news anchor, you decide that it's a good idea to put that in writing and send it to a work colleague. Hello? I mean, just completely tone deaf. I don't know what he was thinking. The text message is incredibly vicious. It's cold blooded. It's merciless. But it also gives us insight into into who he is. Um, I think it's racist. It lacks empathy. It's highly irresponsible. Um, And I think he deserves to have been fired. And, um, and and now, to his credit, he did in that same text message. He did try to dial it back to something you know more humane, so sure, to speak. Sure. Uh, but the damage is is still done. And and again, I don't know why people don't get this message about what they write, type on messages, and and post on social media because it is there in in perpetuity. You know, it's not going away. So you know, the damage is done. My my only question really is what took so long to that that this would come to light, given, given that this text message was sent back in 2021? Um, I mean, this happened over two years ago.
3: I can answer that question, uh, what took so long. When you work in an organization who may have superiors who are like-minded, there's a level of protection there. And if you're bringing in high ratings and you're bringing in a lot of uh, revenue to the network, you're going to protect that no matter uh, what that person does, unless the uh, the sink ships. I remember a line from an old movie, Flip Wilson said it, loose lips sink ships. And uh, that's what it takes um, to to bring this kind of thing to light. If in this case, uh, uh, I can't speak for all organizations around the country, but mainly in media organizations where you have a certain lean left or right. Uh, most of the people in charge of the content of those either lean left or right. And whatever your views are, are usually protected. But if you feel a higher level of protection than you deserve, really, uh, you begin to form an empire and try to bring like-minded people around you. And then you're a little b- bit more bold about your political beliefs. Uh, you used to be able to, you used to have to check your egos and check your political beliefs, uh, racial beliefs, religious beliefs at the door before you walk into the workplace. You don't have to do that at uh, places like Fox News and other organizations because uh, people are drawn there because they're like-minded. They like what they're hearing on the network, so if they are like-minded, they will be there and they will share those thoughts. They have those thoughts in them. And that's what took so long because you have like-minded people who um, are in charge and who uh, have domain over the the, uh, work life of these uh, people who do things like that. Sure. So I think it's a very dangerous uh, uh, environment that we're living in right now because of the the permissiveness of the people who think you know a certain way, but are powerful enough and bringing in enough revenue. You want to protect them.
2: Absolutely. Moving on. Um, sad news coming out of Atlanta this week because a 24-year-old shooter killed an innocent person and injured four others before being arrested by local authorities. So this time, I start with you, Mike. Just more on this and then uh, Nicole will follow up. you.
3: Yeah, when I uh, got into the story, I tried to find out what was unique about th- this particular shooting situation uh, mm. than others. Uh, the fact that he's black is not that significant because uh, mass shooters have been, uh, you know, uh, black and white was the first thing that surprised me that he lived to face a judge, mm. you know, apprehended without incident mm-hmm. and, uh, and he was armed. So the fact that he was armed and he lived, you know, he lives to face a judge. uh, That's the aspect of the story. Pretty much I stopped there, you Mm -hmm. know, as far as trying to find something uh, significant about the story, uh, that an armed black man lived uh, to face a judge. He was in the Coast Guard, so he does have, uh, you know, a noble background. But I think what probably helped save his life was the high-tech technology. Uh, the tracking devices that were used to uh, find him. Um, The fact that he didn't pop up out of surprise and, and maybe uh, prompt, you know, 46 rounds of of gunfire, Mm -hmm. you know, being pointed at him. I think they had time to plan how they were going to apprehend him since they used these tracking devices to find him. I didn't get uh, details on what type of uh, tracking devices that they used, but sure had me shaking a little bit about privacy, but Mm -hmm. you know, still nonetheless they were able to uh, apprehend this gentleman and um and it also brings to mind the mental health and easy access to guns those are two of the biggest topics right now going on and it was before uh, these uh, recent string of mass shootings uh, they all have a mental health tie uh, to them and uh, yet we're facing pushback uh, from uh, conservatives and the government against addressing you know, meaningfully addressing mental health and the easy access to guns. And it's very unfortunate that at a medical facility uh, this happened. And I just feel for the families of uh, those affected. But uh, that that is very, uh, very unfortunate.
4: First of all, it's so sad. It's such a disgrace. Another senseless shooting. Where are we safe? In this country, there are shootings at a church, there are shootings at Walmart, there are shootings at elementary schools, at grocery stores. I mean, as a nation, when are we going to wake up and say and come together and and say we need more support, like Mike pointed out, for mental health issues and gun control, period. Um, But with this particular shooting, it leaves me with so many more questions than answers. I don't have commentary. I don't have it. I I have questions. Why did he take a gun into the hospital in the first place? Was this premeditated? Did he have a grievance against someone that worked there? Mm -hmm. What was he scheduled to be He's seen for at the hospital that day. What was he scheduled to be seen for at the hospital that day? What spooked him and made him start shooting? And does the Coast Guard know something about this guy that we don't know? I mean, he was just discharged in January of this year. And I find it interesting that all of the victims who were shot were women. Okay. Mm -hmm. Was that intentional or was that an accident? So, I mean, like I said, with this one, I just have lots of questions uh, and my sincere thoughts and prayers go out to the victims and the doctors and the nurses and everyone impacted by this shooting. Sure. Black Autistic
0: and Safe, a four part series examining the concerns black parents and health advocates share at the intersection of law enforcement and people on the autism spectrum. Catch Black Autistic and Safe with news anchor Esther Dillard exclusively on the Black Information Network.
5: with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com BIN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot B-I-N.
0: I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the General. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old <laughs> Oh, yeah.
2: How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Black Information Network news anchors Mike Island and Nicole Deal are here with us discussing this week's major stories. Black startup company Greenwood Bank recently acquired another large mobile banking platform is now working to increase generational wealth (laughs) in black families. Nicole, you cover the financial news for the Black Information Network. So give us a bit more on this. And then, of course, we'll follow up with you, Mike.
4: Okay. first of all, I I love this story. You can't see my face, but I'm clearly smiling right now. Uh, it's a true story about Black entrepreneurship, Black business, and Black wealth, okay? Uh, Greenwood is Black-owned and Black-operated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Greenwood is making the news because they just acquired a company called Kinley, which is a mobile app designed to help build generational wealth for Black and brown people. So, um just that affirmation is, is powerful. You know, the whole business exists to help build generational wealth for black and brown people. I love that. Uh actress Gabrielle Union and NBA star Kevin Durant are also part of this venture. Mm-hmm. Um Greenwood, based on their, their website, they say that they are not a bank, but they do provide banking services. So they are based in Atlanta. They're named after a historically prominent and uh, thriving Black business community that was popular in the early 20th century in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They uh, are offering a contactless experiencing uh, experience, a contactless experience using your phone, right. so you can do online spending, online purchases, withdrawals, deposits, transfers, you know, et cetera, just like you could with a regular bank. And you can connect with Apple, Google, and Samsung Pay uh, using your mobile wallets, basically. So all of your digital payments are safe and secure. And here's the part that I really love. There is some very cool back-of-the-house stuff that's, that's happening with, uh, with Greenwood. First of all, every time you create an account through Greenwood, they will provide five meals to a food insecure family. So yes. I think that is so awesome. And also every time you make a purchase either online or in a store, they will round up the spare change to support HBCUs through the United Negro College Fund. So I mean just the fact again that there are um there one of their mission statements is to build wealth for black and brown people um, they are providing meals for food insecure families and uh, and also giving to the United Negro College. So I think all of those things are just fantastic. Phenomenal. Right. Yeah. But wait, there's more. All
2: right. <laughs> <But> for,
4: <laughs> for an additional ten dollars a month. They also have a premium account. They are offering free daily breakfast for two plus other amenities at over two thousand luxury hotels and resorts. All right.
2: Now we're talking um,
4: yeah, I know. Right?
2: <laughs> and they
4: are also, you know, when you use your car, they, they offer other things like savings on flights, savings on cruises, vacation packages, uh, and even discounted access to golf courses. So anyway, I love this whole initiative. I love the name um, and where it comes from. Uh, I also, again, just uh, s- applaud what they're doing for the black and brown communities. So I think it's definitely worth checking into. I love,
2: it. I love it. Mike, any thoughts? But wait, there's
3: even more. All right. Listen hear. to the Black Information Network. Operators are standing by. If you call now, you will get even <laughs> more deals from the bank. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, I, I just really, I'm excited. I, you know, I thought a black owned bank did what Any other bank did. It was just black owned. Mm -hmm. I uh, was unaware until I saw this article on the bank that uh, that they provide these types of services. This is unique. I don't think other black owned banks are uh, doing it quite to this extent, especially Mm -hmm. uh, lining up with a mobile app that makes it even more accessible. Uh, uh, You know, it makes it a little bit more known by people that this Mm -hmm. service exists, that it's not just a black owned bank where you do just like you do at every other bank. The fact that they're reaching out to families uh, the way they are and creating these, uh, you know, nice incentives. I mean, that's just truly excited. just like Nicole, exciting, like Nicole said. And I think with Kevin Durant's involvement, he should get every incoming and existing NBA and NFL black athlete to be a part of this bank, you know, so they would uh, be a little bit more responsible with their huge earnings. I just think that, that, you know, that's just something in the back of my mind when I see the, the misuse of funds by, by people who just, uh, you know, absorb, you know, big gobs of money like that and and waste it. Sure. I just think that uh, there's a chance to encourage uh, responsible uh, uh, obtaining of uh, black wealth. But this this banking service
2: is just off the chain. And I'm really glad that it's here. I love it. I love it. So. So now, you know, Chase Wells Fargo canceled. It's all about Greenwood Bank. <laughs> <Yeah. It up. laughs> <laughs> all right uh last but not least uh california senator stephen bradford recently made news with the proposal of a new program called the ebony alert system uh not to be confused with the amber alert system uh mike why don't we start with you this time give us the details on this program and of course we'd like to hear from you as well nicole
3: yeah the ebony alert i really uh, I just like the advent of that uh that that it's here that mm-hmm. is uh That is about when you think about all the times that uh, when you hear about a black woman that's missing and you rarely hear that. But when you do find out uh, some of the uh, afterthoughts about this are that, well, it's a domestic problem. It can't be that important. So we won't cover that. Mm -hmm. And and I think this program is a response to that Mm -hmm. uh, to have uh, uh, basically uh, the Amber Alert in color. And uh, I just think that uh, the awareness that it's creating, uh, this program has created already, you know, and I believe in one article uh, responsible for uh, finding, I think, a half dozen uh, missing uh, black females. And and it's not just uh, older women, it's uh, children, too, missing black children. And in some cases, yeah, they ran away from home, things like that. But the fact that it's even being addressed. That we have in a, an alert like that. What uh, I haven't seen uh, so far is how that is going to, what technology they're going to use. If it's going to be the same as the Amber Alert and will it conflict with, uh, with the Amber Alert uh, technology uh, mm-hmm. that's already in place now. I know there's plenty of uh, alerts out there such as the weather alerts uh, that, um, that are already in place. And I think they can find out some type of way to keep those um Keep those separate. But, uh, you know, if the person is between the age of 12 and 25, which most of the missing black women have been uh, in that age group, and if the person has been a victim of trafficking or abduction, uh, that's p- some of the factors they're using in this uh, system. And if the person's physical safety is endangered, and if the person suffers from a physical or mental disability, those will be uh, the focus of the ebony alert and make sure that uh you know, that uh, attention and resources are given so that uh, missing black women and black children uh, could be uh, brought back uh, to safety. So that's uh, that that's just a real good service. Uh, kind of a surprise. I didn't know that was out there until we were preparing for this discussion. It's uh, refreshing to know that and that uh, this is the type of, ten- of attention that's going to be needed because the media attention, uh, unfortunately, won't be there. As, uh this shouldn't be in place of that i think we should still push uh the um uh, mainstream media to bring attention to missing black
2: women and girls and you mm-hmm. absolutely yes uh, nicole let's let's get your thoughts too
4: sure absolutely um when i think about uh, missing persons particularly women who have been missing in the last year And and maybe I'm just ill informed, but I I can't think of one black woman that just immediately just pops to mind, right, top of mind. But I do think about the Gabby Petito case, Mm. who was she was a a white woman who was missing, um, went on a trip with her boyfriend, and then boyfriend returns home without her, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it was around that time when I started looking at some of the disparities that exist. Because that missing woman took up so much airtime on so many different news outlets for weeks. It was just unbelievable. So um, I want to read a quote from Bradford about what he said about the ebony alert system. The ebony alert would ensure that resources and attention are given so we can bring home missing black women and black children in the same way we would search for any missing child and missing person. And to be honest, I think it's a little sad that we have a separate system for missing Black women and Black youth. But apparently, given the statistics, I believe it's absolutely necessary. I, for one, would like to follow the enactment of this bill so that we can measure the effectiveness of it, right? I would also want to be more informed, let me say it that way, about missing persons Cases for black women and black children and learn when and where and how and if they were solved. So um, I think it'll be interesting to watch going forward to see that this bill is enacted and um, and just see if if it makes a difference as a result of Congressman Bradford's initiative. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out. Sure. sure. Yeah,
3: you know, I and- think that uh, this is a proposal. Uh, you know, Senate Bill 673, and uh, but I think that the uh, advent of it uh, has already brought attention to missing uh, Black women and children. Uh, what I said er- earlier, and I think uh, something like this that's uh, come to fruition, uh, fruition that uh, is about to, and I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to be a, a sure thing, has already brought attention and results. You know, uh, from its mere uh, proposal.
2: Absolutely. You know, there's there's something that um, because obviously there's going to be pushback uh, and we know where it comes from. So no surprises there. But there's yeah. there's some early pushback on this that I've encountered. I actually covered this on uh, Civic Cipher when it was initially introduced. Um, and I highlighted this as our uh, Ebony Excellence um, segment on the show. So we dedicated two minutes to talking about uh Stephen Bradford's proposal. The pushback, it comes from folks who kind of were triggered by the word ebony, uh, because ebony in their mind has to do with black people. And rightfully so, because often we use that word um, as an empowering word uh, in this country. You know, it's we don't have a, a, a nation of origin per se. You know, we we're not Nigerian. We're not, you know, Uh, Ethiopian we are uh, African-American because you know we got all mixed up in the uh slave trade so ebony is one of those words that allows us to kind of have a sense of community and the opposition knows that and so they push back against that but I love the play on words because again when you compare it to Amber Alert and you think of those two colors um, you realize that there is no pushback for the Amber Alert. Now, I know the Amber Alert was not named after actual material amber; it was named after a child. But it it goes to show you just how easily whiteness is centered uh, in this country, and and how difficult it is to enact programs and policies that create an equitable country for all of us because of that very vocal, very uh, powerful opposition. Let's be honest. So. Um, These folks who have been elected, these folks who have been uh, empowered to one degree or another by their constituents who just push back against anything black, black blackish, brown, brown brownish, anything like that. Um, It's interesting to uh, watch them kind of squirm around and it's hard to hide your racism when you point at the statistics and the data like we've done here and i also want to say one more thing uh you mentioned uh, nicole uh, gabby petito this very show that we're talking on right now was born out of that uh gabby petito ordeal which is very sad again far be it from me or any of us to to other people you know i'm not a fan of othering folks um, We are all brothers and sisters. I say it as often as I can, as often as is necessary. But the reality is that we have different realities and that's not always fair, it's seldom fair and it's seldom equitable. And so uh this very program we're talking on right now was born as a response to a phenomenon we dubbed or perhaps was dubbed prior to us you know um going live with the show uh, a phenomenon called missing while black because the amount of black girls and brown girls and indigenous girls that go missing where there is no news coverage at all is just it's insane and then when a white woman goes missing young enough attractive enough everybody stops everything and again it shows how whiteness is centered um in this country and and um it's very unfortunate. And I think that all of those things work together to justify the Ebony Alert system. So I would love to, like you, Mike, uh, keep tabs on this mm-hmm. as it as it continues to develop. Hello, I'd like yes, to thank honey. you both very much for your insight. As always, once again, today's guests are Black Information Network news anchors, Mike Island and Nicole Deal. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media, and I'll be hosting another episode of Civic Cipher this weekend on a station near you. For stations, showtimes, and podcast info, check civiccypher.com. And join us Monday as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network daily podcast.
5: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp.
0: For generations to come, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: That's right. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia,